Hey, what's up, Insiders of Omaha here with Christian and Tyson. I am, uh, we're blessed to have an awesome guest today, Brett Linden with Distinct Homes. He is a um, infinite wisdom of the construction <laughs> world and has been doing this for a number of years. It just brings a high level of, um, you know, craftsmanship, professionalism, and really know-how. And it's just a joy to hear a guy who loves his work and really wants to bleed it back out into the community and help other people. And also, I'm, I'm fortunate to call him a friend. So it's a, it's great to have him on cat, on set today with us, and I'm excited for you to hear what he has to say. Yeah, it's interesting to hear, like, the inside or behind the scenes of a construction brain, I guess. Yeah. Because I've worked with a lot of contractors and stuff, but you don't really – I never really got to talk to them. Yeah. So it was cool for me to yeah. hear it today. Hey, guys, as always, um, thanks for watching and viewing. The only way this podcast is ever going to grow and the reason it does grow is by word of mouth. Mm -hmm. So if you got any value out of this or if you enjoyed it, share it with a friend, post it on social media. We really appreciate it. Without further ado, let's get into the podcast. See you guys. Construction-wise? Yeah. Uh, we are working on a spec house that we're going to yes. be building. Mm -hmm. um, in fact, that you're yeah. involved with. Yeah. Um, but we have a spec house, but outside of that, we're working on, um, got a whole house remodel where we, we bought it as an investment property. Yeah. And, um, we were going to sell it to somebody mm -hmm. right at the beginning. Yeah. And so we built a plan based off of that, mm. which was very different from the plan that I was going into the purchase with. Oh, interesting. Uh, yeah. in that I was going to spend probably quite a bit less on the overall remodel. But then this came up and it seemed like a good idea. Yeah. And actually the plan came together really nice. Yeah. So instead of maybe a couple hundred thousand dollar investment, it's turning into half a million dollar investment. Now I've noticed one thing or you've kind of mentioned multiple times after what we've talked, you've kind of catered more towards when you found opportunities and we'll kind of get into what that looks like for you in the first place, but you find houses and you see something much more grander than most. You, <laughs> I mean, was yeah. it, not that you're like, you're, you know, have these deep pockets, but you like to do things on a bigger scale. Yeah. So I always felt like I didn't want to be, so there's a stigma that goes along with the construction industry in my mind. And maybe it's just something that I only think exists, but I talk to the guys I work with. I talk to other people in the trades and I think there's a pretty low value overall on the services that we do offer. Okay. And, and then you, you mean like people have a low perception of the value. Yeah. Like Actually. they're just blue collar workers and yeah. you know, this is the best that they could get. And, oh, that's you yeah. know, we're, you know, we shouldn't expect too much, but although everybody expects a lot right? and, and that's probably not totally fair to the outside world, but it does feel that way sometimes, yeah. especially when we're working for other people. Mm -hmm. But when I got into the business, I was I was just fixing up my own house. Mm. So, mm. you know, I, I shouldn't say that. I started in college fixing up houses. Mm -hmm. But when I got into really investing in properties was uh, my first home. I mm -hmm. bought my first house. It had, it had an opportunity to be fixed up. I fixed it up at night when I was going to my day job, uh, after I went to my day job. And then, you know, I'd live in it a couple of years. I skipped the capital gains tax mm -hmm. and I'd sell it for a little bit of a profit mm -hmm. and then buy the next one. Well... What I found is that I didn't like putting lipstick on a pig. Like I wanted it to function well. Mm -hmm. If there were things that were deteriorated, they should be fixed. Mm -hmm. And because passing a problem on to the next person, to me, never felt really fair. Mm -hmm. Although a lot of flippers have that stigma. Mm -hmm. Let's just make it look good. Yeah. And, you know, it's yeah. not brand new. So who cares? Yeah. As long as the people who are buying it are happy with it, 
we're happy with it. Mm-hmm. And I just couldn't, I really couldn't live with myself mm-hmm. if I knew there were things that were structurally wrong or really could be improved and I didn't do it. Mm-hmm. Um, not only that, it gave me an opportunity to learn how to do different right. things I didn't know how to do. Mm-hmm. And the, I guess probably the biggest takeaway that I've had over all these years of doing this stuff is that I don't stop learning how to do a better job mm-hmm. in construction right. or really in, in investing also because you know, there's a lot of people that you could probably talk to that would say, well, the best thing you can do is you buy it right, you fix it up quick, mm-hmm. and you sell it for, you know, a decent price, but don't get greedy, yeah. do as many transactions as you can, and that's going to really kind of warrant mm-hmm. or it's going to benefit you the best. Sure. Mm-hmm. And uh, I do pretty much the opposite of all of that in that, <laughs> um, <laughs> except for the first one. The yeah. buying it right is really important yeah. in the flip. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you buy it right, and then... I kind of go through it more thoughtfully. How can I remodel this house rather than just quickly flip it? Mm-hmm. And then that would allow me to attract a better buyer, somebody who's maybe even more capable of paying for the house and really understanding what they're getting. Mm-hmm. And um, because they have the ability to pay more money for it. Mm-hmm. It didn't start that way. Like I, you know, I, most of my houses were 50, 60, $70,000 when I first bought them mm-hmm. and maybe sold in the low hundreds. Mm-hmm. And then it worked its way up to half a million. And then, you know, we've done some houses over a million dollars and for flips is not really common because it's a lot of risk, mm-hmm. but it was an ability. It gave me the ability to hone my remodeling skills, which kind of transitioned into a construction company yeah. that worked for other people. Mm-hmm. And without those experiences of, okay, we bought this right, we're spending a lot of time on it, making it look really nice, and people are seeing this because I'm posting some pictures and showing friends and, you know, other realtors and colleagues. And so I hope, and I don't know exactly what our reputation is for home flipping, but I, the people I do know realize that we're always putting out a good product. Like there's not something that is questionable about what we're putting out because, if you've ever sold a home and you had a home inspector come through your house yeah, and they told you all of the things that were wrong with it mm-hmm. and it didn't get under your skin a little bit, at least the first time it happened to you, then I will shake your hand and say, congratulations. Yeah. Cause there's not a home inspection that I get that I look at and I say, I think they're just trying to find something here because we really went through all of this and it's, but then there's sometimes that you look at it and you're like, you know what? That's fair. Yeah. That needs to be fixed or that needs to be addressed. And that's where, you know, you start to realize that this is the same kind of mentality that a customer has too. Mm-hmm. So you hire me to remodel your kitchen, you're going to have that same kind of expectation. Yeah. And so you can have two attitudes about it. You could have the, well, it is what it is. You're getting a good deal mm-hmm. or you're right. Let's yeah. make sure that you're as satisfied with the final product as I am. Mm-hmm. And or rather in reverse, I'm as satisfied as you are with that particular work. Mm -hmm. And that way I know that I've done what you've asked me to do. And, um, so that's really where it started. How did you get, like, what made you do the transition from just flipping to doing construction? Consistency. So 2000, what was it? Seven, really the market tanked Mm -hmm. and Omaha was flooded with foreclosure homes. So we, I mean, I would see 10, 20 houses a week that would pop onto the market. And, uh, not the case now, not the case now. Well, and I mean, these were just foreclosures. Yeah. Right. This isn't just stuff for sale. There was a lot of stuff for sale, even on top of that. Yeah. 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 And I had a great mentor who 
kind of, you know, showed me different, um, different opportunities. And he was, he was a real estate agent and he said, you know, I'm going to call you. It's going to be a good deal and you got to buy it. And if you don't buy it, I'm going to call the next guy. And if you don't buy it a few times after I've called you, I'm going to stop calling you. And I have one other rule. When you sell it, you sell it with me and you can't break that rule. Otherwise we, we won't do business together. And, you know, at the time I said, that's fine. That, that makes sense. I mean, you brought me a good deal. I'm going to take advantage of that. And then I'm going to reward you also with being, you know, kind of the headhunter or the, you know, finding the the bird dog. Yeah. And so, um, so in doing that, in, in kind of getting that experience up front, like I realized that like, okay, this is, this is a great business, Mm -hmm. but from 2007 to 2010, 11, 12 was great. But then the foreclosure market went away Mm -hmm. and there are more expensive flips that you can buy. And that's kind of what we transitioned to, but it just wasn't consistent. It wasn't, you know, you buy a house and maybe you have to spend three months fixing it up. Plus you're going to have 45 to 60 days to close, depending on who your buyer is, if it's an FHA or VA. Mm -hmm. And so you're looking at five, six months easily when you're flipping a house. Whereas, well, I can remodel your kitchen in four to six months. You've given me a deposit. We have a plan that we're working off of. And I can replicate that several times Makes sense. rather than having to be hunting for good deals all the time. And, you know, you don't really know what you get until you open up the bag and look inside. Mm-hmm. You might think you do, but then all of a sudden it's not as great as you thought it was. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, which is funny to me because that's been my experience too with like buying investment properties. I haven't bought a ton, but a few. And my experience has been like, Everybody that the people that are really killing it that talk about investing on social media are the people that are selling courses on how to invest in social media, not so much the guys that are actually flipping there. You can kill it flipping. Yeah. But it is a massive, it's a massive production and headache to be like killing it at that. Yeah. You got to have cold calling teams, calling property owners all the time. Sourcing deals. Wholesaling deal. Yeah. You got to be, it's a whole like operation. There's a whole system. Yeah. To get that going. And it's inconsistent. It's inconsistent. And you never know what you're getting into, like you said. Well, that's just it. It's like, and, and so, I, and I, I, you know, I don't know what the ratio of people who are investing in properties have a construction background or, or not. It's you pretty know? low. Most I think it's probably don't. low. Yeah. Because yeah. so opportunity just brings all kinds of people in. It's exactly. not yep. just construction folks. And so, and, and that's what I found is as I got more involved with my construction clients, I was less interested in the real estate investments. I was about that to say, didn't I don't have, I've never met a flipper personally who's in construction. Yeah. Mm, personally, you know, that's, I, that's just a great point. I, I never have personally. I had, a, there, so there's a property in my neighborhood where I live that had been abandoned for, oh gosh, seven to 10 years. Wow. When I moved in seven years ago, it was vacant. And it had been for sale before that. Someone had passed away. It was stuck in, court you know, or something. court or Probate, estate yeah. or something. And no matter who you called, you couldn't find out who owned it, you know. And so we just, I was just waiting, just waiting for it to eventually pop up. Well, so it pops up this summer. And I had bought a house next to me that uh, I am, this, this flip that I'm talking yeah. about that we're remodeling. And... Um, and then that one comes up and I go, oh, you know, it'd be great. We're working in the neighborhood. We'll go for that one too. Yeah. And it was a hundred and about $150,000 more than what I paid for mine. It was smaller. 
needed more work, wasn't as turnkey. And Tyson called me about it, yeah, actually. Yeah. He goes, what do you think? I said, silver price. You're never, unless you add on to it, you're never going to get more than what you put into it. Yeah. And I just knew it based off the price and the size. I didn't, and I had walked through it when they were cleaning it out. I just kind of snuck in there and mm-hmm. said, hey, do you mind if I look around? And um, so I show up to our construction site a couple of weeks after it had closed. And there's Someone a guy. Someone bought it? Someone bought it. Yeah. There's a guy walking around looking for an extension cord. Because <laughs> he's got to plug in the pump because there's a pump. They, they're on a well. For some reason, they're that- on a well. Wow, oh, crazy! Because very, very the elevation of the street, just yeah. unusual. Yeah. Which was another thing I knew because they're they're also have a lifter pump for their sewage, and oh. so <clears throat> just things that like if they've been setting here. for seven years, eight years, ten years, you just don't want to mess with it. Yeah. yeah. And so he goes, yeah, I need an extension cord to plug in the well, and uh, <laughs> and you know I don't know much about. Do you have a do you have a well guy? And I said, well, who are you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I bought I bought this house up the street. I said, "Oh, the white one." He goes, "Yeah." And he goes, "What are you doing here?" And so we start talking. And he goes, "How come you didn't buy that one?" I said, "It was overpriced." And he had this look in his eyes, like, hmm. "What do you mean it was overpriced?" <laughs> so, hey, I think that you guys, you know, if you have, and he was telling me that he had a couple contractors that he was partnering with that could put their sweat equity into it, and that was their. So he wasn't paying the contractor to do it. He was going paying to do the upside. work. And then pay, get paid on the app on the back. Paid on the back side. Yeah. And um, hmm. which is a way to do it. So, but to, to it. your point, like there's there's a lot of investors that see an opportunity and think this is a great deal. But when you start pulling back, you know, a, a foreclosed home is like an onion. Mm-hmm. If it's been, especially <laughs> if it hasn't been lived in in a while. Right. You know, like you peel it back a little bit at a time and you start to realize like, you know, there's a lot of stuff here. It's stinkier than I thought it was going to be. There's mold. There's. Yeah. Oh, like this particular house had no bedrooms on the main floor. Mm-hmm. None. They were all in the basement. Oh, that's It did have weird. a hot tub room. It's a bang bang room. It's 1970s yeah. style yeah. house. It's perfect. Only in the basement. How weird. <laughs> weird, yeah. right? How weird. And, and you know, you if you're in the real estate business at all, selling real estate, and you take a client to a home, and you're like, hey, by the way, this is a great house. You have to go downstairs to get to your bedroom. Yeah, yeah, that's immediate. You're gonna cut off some. Okay, we're not going. Eighty percent of people yeah. no go on that one. Yeah. You know, so there's like eagerness to get into the business because it seems like so it seems like such a great deal when you look at what these people are doing on HGTV. Yeah. And, exactly. But we're talking about different numbers too. Yeah. You know, there's different levels of risk. There's different levels of reward. Mm-hmm. And in our market, the rewards generally aren't as high as like in California. Mm-hmm. But you're also not spending a million dollars to maybe sell it for a million eight. Right, you know, and have to put six hundred in it. Yeah. You're buying it for three hundred, and you want to sell it for four seventy five. Yeah, yeah. And you got to put seventy five to one hundred in it. Yeah. You know, it's just different metrics. Yeah, mm-hmm. totally. So yeah, so the flipping business, I love. I mean, I love it from the standpoint of you don't have customers, so it the process can be faster, mm-hmm. and you know, you get to try things out that mm-hmm. maybe you want to work on with a client somewhere down the hmm. road. You have I more ideas that. that way. Totally. But. Um, Really, I mainly stopped doing it primarily because we got busy in the yeah. remodeling business. Mm-hmm. You know, the customer started seeing what we were doing. And, and you guys probably feel this way working with other people is that if they can trust you, yeah. they'll refer you. Yeah. yeah. And our business has really organically grown. Mm-hmm. Um, I just put our names on our vans this year and our trucks this year. They look good. Yeah, that actually reminded me of my one of my favorite sayings from Naval Ravikant. You know who he is? Hmm. He's a financial guy, but kind of a philosopher a little bit too. But he said, 
the reason people try to get so good at sales is because they don't know how to market. And the reason people get so good at marketing is because they have a shitty product. Mm. Oh, in other words, the other words, if you have a good product, you don't really need the other two. You don't really need okay. sales and marketing, which yeah. I think is definitely true. Yeah, I, I would say there's that's some why word of mouth stuff grows so fast. Yeah. yeah, you didn't have to do either one. Curious, uh, kind of. We'll go, I would like to talk about kind of the growth of the last five years too. But how important has it been? So you're talking about how how good or how important it is for you to have a great product. How important has it been finding, or how hard has it been finding the right people? You know, or what's that? It hasn't like? been easy. Right. Uh, but it's like, if you were to compare it to other industries, mm -hmm. I would say it is more difficult. Mm. Because there is, there's a lack of, and this is something that I really would love to see change, and in our own small ways we're changing. But there's a lack of organization to get into the construction business as we the way we operate in that, you know, if you want to become a plumber, there's a clear path to become yeah. a plumber, an electrician. Uh, you know, if you want to be a steam fitter, there's direct path. There's welding schools. But mm. like there's no general contracting schools per se. Right. Right. You go to college to get a project construction, man management. construction management and really those are probably geared more towards your really large commercial yeah, project yeah. um and so you know so which probably ties into the stigma that i think i feel because I, I i mean i'm college educated i went to school i i didn't love school but <laughs> yeah. i i finished and yeah. i have you know i i I don't have the, well, I, this is the only opportunity I had. Right. I like working with my hands. I like waking up, going to a job site, doing something, and then walking away and saying, wow, that looks really mm -hmm. good. Mm -hmm. Or I can see what I did today mm -hmm. versus I sent 100 emails and I'm waiting on responses here and that person didn't answer. And, you know, I'm, I, I, I'm not sure exactly if what I'm doing is really impacting mm. my customer. Mm. And I'm not saying that office jobs only have that no, reward but, system, but yeah. in construction, it's really easy to see how well you did today. It's Good tangible point. for sure. Or what you could improve on. Yeah. yeah. You know, like, oh, I cut that all wrong. I got to do that all over. Mm -hmm. And so it's pretty easy to measure mm -hmm. that metric. And for me, mm -hmm. that was always valuable and mm. that I could be proud of what I walked away from or knew what I needed to improve on if that was the case. And so finding good people is finding those same kind of connections to that work, which is I want uh, the guys and gals that I work with to feel the same way about the finished product, or at least at the very least, the same way about how we start and finish our process. So, you know, when we're working with a client or we're working on our own project, you know, what, what matters is how we do it. Mm -hmm. And that will give you the result that you want mm -hmm. if you have a good process. And that isn't something you just develop day one. It's developed by lots of mistakes, lots of successes. I mean, there's lots of things that kind of go into that. And there's no great training system to figure out how it is. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just like starting a business. There's no, hey, I want to start a business today. Okay, well, did you know you have to have insurance? Yeah, I knew that. Okay, did you know that, oh, if you have a certain size truck, you have to have a DOT? Oh uh, yeah, I've I've seen the DOTs. Did you know that like you have to make sure you license the vehicle for a certain weight if you're going to carry that much weight? Well, I didn't know until I went to the DMV and they told me, well, how big's the truck? What are you putting in it? And they may not even say that the first time. It might be after you got pulled over by the state trooper yeah. and they're like, you're overweight. You need to go increase your vehicle weight limit on your registration. And 
And then it's like, well, you don't have your letters or your DOT on the side of the truck. And, you know, you didn't use the right tie downs for your skid loader. And these are all things that don't come in a book, mm -hmm. you know, or we, we have. But this, you're also expected to know. And they're like, yeah. Duh. Well, it's, or, it's, yeah, it's like, yeah. or you have an insurance agent that comes in and says you need this general liability insurance and then you need these riders and you need this and that and them. And you're like, I don't even know what this stuff is. Yeah. yeah. And you're hoping that they're being honest with you right. and educating yeah. you. Yeah. But then they're also selling for their livelihood as well. Mm -hmm. So you have to, through experience, learn questions to ask to qualify what they're saying yep. and so that you're comfortable with what you're paying. Because running a real business costs money. And it's not it's not just well I'm gonna con I'm gonna contract out of my house and I'm gonna use my truck and just carry my tools around like yeah you can do that but that's yeah. that's just a job yeah that's just a job and anybody can have a job but if you want to have a business where you have a place that you meet clients or your people come together you store your goods you work out of and then you go home to your home and if you were there or if someone was missing the business would keep running because other people were around helping keeping it going. That is, to me, a business. Agreed, 100%. So, you know, all of these things you aren't taught when you decide you want to go and be self-employed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, you can find books. There's lots of reading material that you can learn this stuff. But mm -hmm. really the best ways that I've learned to do this is just through mentorship. You know, you talk to other business owners. Yeah. And you learn a little bit about how they got started or what they're doing or who their agent is or who their, you know – tool sales rep is mm -hmm. or where they're buying their lumber from. And, you know, so finding good people is kind of the same way, mm -hmm. at least in the construction business is that I can put an ad on indeed or one of these, but I'm never going to find, I shouldn't say never. It's hard. We, we have not found, yeah, it's hard we have sit. not found a great candidate from indeed or one of the other many sites that we've used yeah, in the past. Harder. So there's a giant spider. Look, Look at that right thing. There. It's massive. Ah, to your the left, left there's a giant left. spider to your left. Oh, yeah. This is a little guy. <laughs> um, Anyways. But little, so, little guest. Little guest yeah, today. guest today. Mm -hmm. But so. Me, man. So the, that thing. The, the, the thing about like finding good people is that we have. Uh, Oh, yeah, get it. Get it. Oh, oh, oh Dana. You <laughs> now it's under me. Did, you dot, did it dot you? Oh, you're not going to get that. That's done. Okay, oh, we're good. Okay. Good stuff. Back on track. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Big spider Dude, that, I can't believe how big that thing was. It's crazy. fall. It is fall. Come inside. Um, but, yeah, so, you know, finding the people was really just a matter of asking around. Yeah, really started to put out feelers yeah, all the time. Hey, like probably the the best hire that I had to kind of get our my job into a business yeah. uh, happened four or five years ago. And it was a referral from an electrician I was working with. Mm. I just said, I need somebody to help me because I'm busy, mm -hmm. but I can't do I'm, – I'm, you know, I'm waking up at 4 o'clock in the morning to do my book work. Mm -hmm. And then I'm – Leaving the house at seven o'clock to go get materials to be at the job site by eight thirty. By yeah. you know eight eight thirty, get going what I can get going, and then I have to go stop at other job sites to meet other subs, and then by the time I realize it, it's five o'clock, mm -hmm. five six o'clock, and you know I got to get home to the family, or I have some other appointment that I need to go on because my sales were then in the evenings, mm. and it just was not. It was not something that I could do forever. So it was, who, what was the position that was that got filled? Yeah, so I needed somebody to be on site and run 
job. So, you know, this was our project manager, a job superintendent. Yeah. And, and, you know, he had some experience working for other contractor and, but what he had was he was someone who cared about the process and the work Mm. and what the client felt and he cared about his subs and, you know, so he had loyalty and he had, Mm. he had skills so he could do some of the work, you know, a little bit of everything mm-hmm. and um, kind of similar to how I was mm-hmm. uh, working out in the field. Mm-hmm. And so within a month or two, I realized that I could not show up at the job site first thing in the morning and kind of focus on some other things. So you start to see some trust be built very and then you're like, pretty quickly. Yeah. 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 Pretty Super quickly. Nice I think what's interesting to you say that is I, I've gone through some hiring stuff for some positions that I've had and it can be really discouraging uh, starting out a business and you make a hire or a second hire and it's not the right person. You're like, and you just go right back into your old habit of yeah. like, no, I'm just, a, I, it's, it's help. It's hopeless. I got to do it myself. Yeah. But once you can press through that, I think you're like, there are people out there. You just have to keep looking for them, you know, and give them a the shot and then take that risk. And then once you find it, it's like, Okay, this is awesome. This is why, this, this is, is why I needed this. Yes. Like the, you create the freedom of the, the you know, flexibility. Well, and, and they start to compound on one another. Okay. So that happened. And then very shortly after that, ran into another person who I had known in, you know, I shouldn't say previous life, but I knew, I knew him. Mm-hmm. And um, it was, it was like, okay. And the other like obstacle I had in hiring someone that probably made more than I made ultimately by the time you figure all the hours I was putting in and yeah, yeah. the money I was taking home was that I had to, re- I had to make the decision like, okay, I'm going to make less money this year. Mm. I might not make very much at all. Yeah. And, but it's to help stabilize what we're doing and, and then grow. grow. Yeah. yeah. It's like take one step forward and take two or three steps or backward yeah. take two or three steps forward. And the mindset going into it is like, you just have to forget about that. You have to forget about what I'm paying them Mm. and look at what value am I getting from their services and what are they taking off of my plate that now I can put other things on. Yeah. And so this first hire was great for that. And I, and I had a great, like kind of right hand man who would, I shouldn't say right hand. He was a great helper. Like Mm. he would get our job set up and he could do certain activities, but it just wasn't, he wasn't the guy to manage the sites. Mm-hmm. And so those two could now be on the site and I was out, you know, now I was jumping between job sites. The managing got better. I felt like our customer relationships got better in that I could spend more time with mm-hmm. the client and then also plan more in advance than I was, mm-hmm. which, you know, opened up a whole new mindset of, well, here I had builder trend calling me saying, you should use our project management software. This is not Bill or Trinette, but, um, and I'm like, I don't have time. I don't have time to sit down at my computer every day and enter all this information in. I'm just going to do it with the spreadsheet and I'm going to send it to my client and they'll approve it and I'll go do it. Well, you know, you really should consider this because they approve it. You have record of that mm-hmm. and all of that, but it, it kind of consolidates all of the information in one place so they can go and look at it really easy. And so can you. And I said, I don't have time for this. And, but then what I realized after I had someone who was taking over our job site duties was that, no, I did have more time for that now. And what was happening is that, yeah, we could get their approvals through email and text and phone calls. This is not a plug for our next week's guest who is from Builder Trend. Just, just so I know, this is not. <laughs> yeah. This is, yeah. Hey, Builder Trend, can I get this guy? 
<laughs> this is a month discount. Yeah, I'm going to get a one month off. <laughs> um, but no, but but the but the reality of it was is that it it made me think about okay, have now a, a job supervisor, a project yeah. wasn't really a project manager yet at that point. I was kind of transitioned back into that project manager role. I could just manage the projects and sell, mm-hmm. and he would manage the job sites once we got them sold. And then uh, ran into this guy that I'd known. He was installing cabinets. Great guy. Yeah. Really talented too. Like, you know, so talented at what he was doing that you didn't want to take him out of the field to do that. But the thing about it is like, I don't, I don't prescribe to the idea of, well, my body's going to break down and I'm going to be some, you know, decrepit old man if I do work with my hands and I get up and down off of the floor. Like that's just what's been sold to so many people. I've always thought it was a weird idea too. Yeah, but the reality of, of it is, than the roller. yeah, you use it and you don't lose it. If you don't use it, you, you will lose. Hundred perishable, hundred percent. Right? Yep. And yeah. like I just, I saw Huberman, Huberman Lab. I don't yeah. know if you yeah, guys, Andrew, yeah. Huberman. and he just said he goes, you know, after the age of forty, which I'm at now. Yeah. No. No. No big deal. One percent you lose as a male, you lose one percent of your muscle mass every year. Holy cow. If you're not if you're doing not resistance it. training. Yeah. Yeah. And so construction is resistance training. You're yeah. picking up stuff, you're bending <laughs> over. Like and you don't totally. even recognize it. And it's not the same as like oh you're gonna go to a gym and right. pump different, iron yeah. or whatever. But you do I do notice the guys who don't smoke and eat crappy in the construction business are all really pretty fit. Yep. And they got a lot of energy. They got a lot of energy. They're always moving. Oh, cool. And um, but anyway, so to kind of get back to this this next guy that came on board that now allowed the first guy that had hired to get out of day-to-day job supervision and now okay he's going to do some more project managing mm-hmm. which is what he really wanted to do now freed me up to step back completely and just focus on sales mm-hmm. and okay how do we create this this now I have kind of a business it wasn't totally business at that point but it didn't feel like it entirely but how do I now I need to all right, so we order a lot of stuff, and we have a we have a need for someone to kind of organize that and coordinate with the client. Hey, this is when it's coming in. This is what you want. Can you confirm all of this? And this is where Builder Trend started to come in. Like now we're using that a little bit better. Not great yet, but so then I okay. Well, I'm going to hire someone that helps me. Um, buy everything and coordinate the projects before they get started. And then as the projects are going on, this person, she's reaching out and just checking in with them, kind of dealing with any kind of issues they have, or, you know, they're making sure that what is coming in isn't broken or it's all You don't there. realize how time consuming order would be. All, and all that little I mean, stuff. my wife does so it pretty much. fast on Amazon. So I always look, oh, it's one off. But like, yeah. I can't imagine you're buying projects worth of materials. Yeah. You're yeah. constantly searching skews. Multiple yeah. hours per project. Yeah. yeah. Tons and tons of time. Not only that, but you're also finding like, okay, you ordered it from vendor A. Oh, yeah. Vendor A, three weeks in, says back order. We can't get it for you. And so now you have to try to get it from vendor B because you need it next week. But it's more expensive. And it's not vendor A's fault necessarily. It's just, you know, like, oh, the pandemic hit and all of a sudden you can't get anything. Right. You know, and so what you find is, is, what I found is that like having these people in place, especially when stuff like that happens, is that they're already on top of it. They're already doing it. Yeah. And so again, it kind of pulled me back into more of a management position mm-hmm. where now I'm mentoring these guys on how I would like our projects to be handled. And then 
they're taking it and kind of adding their own style to it yeah. and how they want to formalize what I told them in a way that they can repeat, you know, because yeah. way I do something doesn't mean that's the way you have to do it as long as our results are mm -hmm. very similar mm -hmm. or the same, you know, um, everybody's got a different golf swing. It's true. You don't have to have the same golf swing to get to the, yeah. you know, to get to the hole. So, yeah. um, so hiring these people initially really kind of helped me turn it into a business. Yeah. And, um, and they were all, the first two were kind of out of the blue. Mm -hmm. Like I was a referral, ran into this other guy on a job site he was working for us on as a subcontractor. But then the next ones, again, were referral from another subcontractor I had. Uh, mm -hmm. She had been working at a towel supply store in town, just wasn't happy, wasn't getting treated real well. Mm -hmm. And, and I knew that I could treat her much better mm -hmm. and I had a need mm -hmm. and then another that, you know, then, okay, we have to hire somebody to help with like accounting and just now the business is growing. And mm -hmm. so we have more jobs and there's more receipts and, you know, right. it's easy when I'm just putting one credit card worth of receipts, but now we're three different people are buying stuff on a daily basis. And then and I don't, I think we're up to eight or nine different, you know, people submitting receipts on a oh, daily basis. Wow daily, weekly basis. And so kind of pulling that whole group together mm -hmm. initially really helped me kind of see the light of a business is where you, you know, you properly price your product mm -hmm. so that you can afford to pay good people to perform the services that you're selling. Mm -hmm. And, and then maybe those people are starting to sell those services as well at, at time goes by. And then that's how you scale yeah. because, you know, you can't build a house without a foundation. And I don't think you can build a business without a foundation either. You need to have solid, good, loyal people to do mm -hmm. that. Yeah. And so I didn't find any of them through your, yeah. you know, like a recruiter. Yeah. It was just people who I knew that knew me, that Alignment. knew I would treat others well. Mm -hmm. They're referring some of their favorites that they knew that were maybe interested. or yeah, totally. And that's really how we find people now is the through best that way to same It's got to be the best way to do it. What's the most yeah. amount of projects you guys are handling at one point in time, you think, right now? Well, I mean, right now we have, so I, there's a few, there's three businesses yep. that, that operate. So, um, individually as a company, you know, or distinct homes is kind of a middle to higher end remodeler builder. Yep. And so we do three to 10 projects at a time, Oh wow! <clears throat> but like right now I think we have, and they kind of stagger out. So they're yeah. never at the same place. Right, right. So we have on distinct homes. We have four projects that are concurrently going on nice. while planning a couple more all the time. Yeah, there's Reloading. four more in planning. There's some building projects that will happen late this year, and next year that yeah. are in planning. Mm -hmm. And so you know, five to ten is probably our comfort zone yeah. for what we're doing there. And then um, another company kind of focuses more on you know bathrooms and smaller kitchens, not as invasive of remodeling projects, but still. You know, more budget friendly. Mm -hmm. Like, hey, we're not looking to spend a hundred thousand dollars plus on a project. We're looking to spend thirty to eighty. You know, maybe up to a hundred, depending on what it is. Mm -hmm. And it's multiple things. Like, hey, we have three bathrooms we want to remodel yeah. in our house, yeah. and that's bathroom and kitchen specialists. We, we call them BKS, mm -hmm. and we probably do concurrently ten to fifteen projects oh, at wow. a time. Yeah, and there again, it's just a lot of planning. Mm -hmm. We we plan and schedule, and then 
uh, we utilize a lot of subcontractors for for that particular business. Yeah, but for your business, you do a lot of in-house. We do a lot of in-house. Yeah, which is awesome. Yeah, so we have um, we have guys in the field doing yeah. laborious work every day. Now, just for um, people on the outside understanding that a lot of even the higher end remodel construction companies will share subcontractors, and they don't house a lot of their own uh, craftsmen. Yeah. Where you have taken it upon yourself, hey, I like to house around craftsmen. We can keep them busy enough so you can manage that process a lot more. Yes. I mean, and, and fin- I mean, your timing is way better. Well, and you know, I don't think there's anything wrong with either model. Yeah, no, I just, just I, different. I, they're just different. Yeah. And uh, I like the control of my people being on site mm-hmm. because I'd love to believe that everybody cared as much as we do about cleanliness and respecting someone's property. Yeah. There's a saying like, treat it like you would treat your own house. I've been in a lot of people's houses pre-construction and they're not treated very well. So yeah. like, yeah. I don't know if that saying holds yeah. a lot of weight mm-hmm. because it's all relative yeah. to what you've been taught and how you've been raised and what you value. And so I tell people, let's treat it better than you would treat any place you go yeah. into because I mean, my guys would tell you, what, what are Brett's two big rules? What does Brett say are always going to be caught by customers, are always going to be a problem if they're not done well? Number one, cleanliness. If the job is dirty, not while you're working on it. Obviously, if you're working and yeah, there's some right. messes, that's fine. Even though I like to kind of sweep as I go when I was on site, but if you leave at the end of the day and there's a mess, the customer's going to notice. Yeah, And they may not say something the first time or the fifth time, They'll say it eventually. Can you guys please pick up your tools? Can you please sweep yeah. up? You know, yeah. my dog's walking through this yeah. mess. My kids are in here. Mm-hmm. There's, you know, clean. Yeah. Just keep it clean. Mm-hmm. Take your shoes up. Put booties on. Mm-hmm. Put, you know, tarps up. Put zip walls up. And we do all we do a lot of like mitigating dust in job sites mm-hmm. now because it's a big deal for people. But clean. It's got to be clean. Not only that, like you have to look clean too. Like yeah. you have to present pretty well. Um, and then the second one is communication. Yeah. So if they don't know you're coming, that's a problem. Even if you, well, we, we, we were there the last three days, they should just assume. No, they shouldn't assume anything. Yeah. You should communicate with them. And that's the entire team. That's not just the guys going to the site. Sure. It's, you know, our people in the office, it includes me, is that we communicate really well with the clients for that reason, that we don't want them to ever have a doubt of like, what's happening next? Or who's going to be here? Or, or, or is nobody going to be here? And... If we do both of those things really well, that sounds silly. All the other stuff, we kind of, it's not that we get a pass on, but we get, we get a highway that has a higher speed limit to work at. There's more grace. There's, yeah. Yeah, There's a lot more grace given and there's a lot less questions happening Mm. because, you know, you might be a great craftsman, but if you, if you do not treat people's homes better than, you know, they would, they're going to notice it. Mm -hmm. Even though, you know, like, well, but that was already beat up. That door was already beat up. Like, I don't understand what they're upset about. Well, it's not your home. It's not your thing. Yeah. Yeah. So those are really important aspects to how do we make sure our clients are happy? And then how do we treat these job sites? Mm -hmm. And I want the guys to get used to doing that because the more they're used to doing it, the less it becomes a something to think about. Well, it's more of a culture thing. It's a culture thing. That's one thing I noticed. Like I, I think with you being on control, of, you say the control of process, but I don't. I from my outsider view, I see it as in it's more of your signature. As a, like when you start to share a lot of subcontractors, 
get a lot of like vanilla output. Like it's all very similar. You can yeah. kind of almost see the signatures kind of the same. When you have it own internal, it can be it can be a detriment too. But in your case, the style comes out of your own personality of what of what that group is when they're they're kind of you own the whole process and you can kind of put your own mark on it where. If you're not, you're kind of sharing the mark of everybody else because everybody else is using the same stuff. Which yeah, I think that's really yeah, neat. makes sense. Yeah, hundred percent. Well, and and the client gets to know. Yeah, your people. Yeah, and they they probably have a greater relationship with them than they ever do with me. Yeah, sure. Yeah, you know, and I've gotten out of the sales part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, the guy that I hired that kind of helped me springboard this is now selling. Mm, good. Um, which which is great because he's selling and then transitioning the project mm-hmm. and. Um, but they get to know them and their personalities and their yeah. families mm-hmm. and what they're interested in. And honestly, like that was always one of my favorite parts of the job was knowing that my customer kind of cared about me yeah. in some way. Mm-hmm. And um, not that I don't care about that now, but I'm yeah. glad that the guys feel that way. Right. You know, I had Owning a client that. recently ask, you know, hey, what what does so-and-so uh, like to have to drink after work? And that's you know, huge. That's and cool. It's so nice yeah. that they are thinking about mm-hmm. the client or, you know, the client's thinking about my guy. They're enjoying it too. And that means that he's going above and beyond for them in some way. Totally. At least that's how I perceive yeah. it. Yeah. But, um, yeah. So, I mean, growing the business has just been really organic, kind of the same way I got customers is the same way I've hired people yeah. is that I want people to want to come work for us. Yeah. Like I've heard, you know, they're trustworthy. Mm-hmm. They, you know, do good work. They care about the process. They care about the people they work for. And, you know, there's opportunity. That's the other things. Like a lot of people get stuck in this idea that, well, if I'm a carpenter, I'm always a carpenter. Yeah. No, you don't yeah. have to always be a carpenter. You can be a carpenter for 20 years and then decide, you know what, I want to do job supervising. I want to now manage that job site and that all that skill that you've learned and experience you've had over 20 years, you can use towards managing the site. Totally. But I think there's just a lack of opportunity for people to see that as an option. Yeah. Vision. Because there's not a coordinated effort for general contractors. No blueprint. Remodeling new home builders. Like there is for commercial stuff and there is for specific trades. There's, there's a carpenters union. So there's, you know, you can go and do specific training for that. And I think, you know, there's, Schools around town, Metro, the mm-hmm. Kiwit Institute, I think, is also kind of training people to be in the trades because it's a really something that we're going to need massively. Um, we already need it now, yeah. But um, it's something that we're going to really see mm-hmm. becoming more popular. I, mean, I was just talking to um, a guy I work out with in the morning, and um, she does payroll for an electrical company, and the amount of money these guys get paid, dude. Is it's 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 like it's astonishing to me that people are deciding to go to college. Oh my gosh! Yeah. When you know these these guys are making six figures out of out of school, out of out school, of, out of five school. years into their career, they're six figures plus yeah. plus plus bon- yeah. Yeah. bonus benefits plus side work. You know, it's forty hours a week. It's not you're traveling Monday through Thursday, and you know you have deadlines, mm-hmm. and you're working all night long no. because your corporate boss is telling you this is what has to happen. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, it's, it's really, I hope, uh, one of my favorite, um, guys to kind of listen to about this, Mike Rowe. Oh, uh, Mike Rowe. Yeah. Yeah. Mike Rowe. American Jobs. Yeah. And. Dirty Jobs, right? His book. Dirty Jobs. Oh, yeah, Dirty, Dirty Jobs. And then. And then American he's got a. Similar. Uh, he's got a podcast too. Oh, okay. But, um, but you know, it's, it's like we've been kind of told for. Yeah. Conditions. Since we were kids. Yeah. Um, that, you know, college is kind of the goal. Yeah. 
And not that it can't be the goal for lots of people. Yeah. I, I went to college. Yeah. You know, it's not that I don't believe in it, but it's also, we need somebody to be able to turn on the lights here. Yeah. Yeah. And know how to get the wiring and the pipe and the fixtures and understand how it works yeah, totally. because otherwise we don't have lights. I was literally just thinking about, I was driving to uh, my daughter's school today. She's only in first grade, but I was thinking about how closed off the classroom is now. It's within four walls. When you realize everything around you is, is a learning opportunity. How do these, how do these telephone poles get in the ground? What yeah. happened? How does that work? Or, yeah. you know, how did they figure out to put the intersection here versus somewhere else? What, how was that laid yeah. out? I mean, that, that, there's so many places to learn that are just, it's on true. our daily path, you know, that's, it's fascinating. I, I had, uh, I had heard from a guy I went to high school with, he had, he had posted something years ago, yeah. years ago. And, and he said, he made the comment, he goes, you know, rather than spending a hundred thousand dollars plus on my college education, I should have went to some place that I wanted to work or yep. that I was interested in Yeah, and said to him, listen, I don't have any skills. I'm not college educated, but I like what you do. Can I, learn? and can I learn from you? Yep. And you don't have to pay me anything. I'm going to use the money that I would have used for college to live. But once I learned enough that it's valuable enough Jeez. to pay me a salary, mm -hmm. I ask that you do that or a, an hourly rate. Yeah. And, and, and I'll train in an industry that I like, and maybe I stay there. Maybe I don't, but there's no disincentive for, that particular business owner say no, other than, you know, it might take a little more time out yeah, of it. Yeah, but say time or yeah. maybe. But maybe. Depends on how valuable that person's time is, yeah. I guess. Yeah. But but it also is like if someone wants to give you free help, do you ever turn it down? Like, hey, no. would you like to no. move this chair with me? No. No. I would love to help you. Great. You take the help. Yeah, totally. You know, so I think that, you know, maybe it's not realistic in every instance. Sure. But, but it's very doable. But most time it would be. I mean, we had somebody just come up to us the other day, like, hey, my, my kid's really interested in this. Can we sit down? Can they sit down and talk with you about something they could just help with? Yeah. And now we're like, yeah, that's helping. Now let's see how we can compensate them for it. I mean, this is like a 17-year-old kid. Well, I mean, they, it's called internships, right? Yeah, yeah. We already have internships. Yeah. So, but the internships usually come from like, well, I'm in college, yeah. and so I'm going to intern Programs. in my major. Right. But it's like, well, hold on a second. How, how many majors do you have or how many classes did you take? Yeah that you remember what you took no, and every detail of it. Nothing. Nothing. Very little. I mean, and I'm not probably the best person to ask about this, <laughs> but I, I, you know, I, I think that we put so much emphasis on what we can learn, but what do you actually learn? Right. You know, I have this great big book and it costs a lot of money. It costs a lot of money. Yeah. And I go to this class and listen to that person just drone on about, God knows what yeah. for an hour and a half and mm -hmm. I get a leaf. Yeah. I feel like there's something probably to being forced to learn something versus wanting to learn. Oh, voluntarily is massive. You're going to absorb it way better, Your right? engagement is yeah. dick's level. Me personally, I'm not yeah. definitely not. Same. Way. If I yeah. want to learn it, it's going to be, it's going to stick. Yeah. And it's different for everybody, mm -hmm. right? So this isn't like a one size Oh, I know people that all. love, like never get out of college. They're yeah. like there for, oh my gosh. for seven PhDs. Oh my you gosh. Yeah. They love it. They're just in it. I am, I am curious, sorry to cut you off, curious. So after the growth that you've had, like. Are you now focusing on, hey, what would be my next hire? What does that look like as you've kind of sort of delved into some different veins of, of your own industry? Um, yeah. I, I, I'm, we're hiring somebody here in a couple of weeks that's going to help manage um, one of the businesses. They're kind of more project managing. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, my focus has gone away from – it's funny that you asked this question because actually just recently in the last couple of weeks I've – been talking to some of the guys around the office, guys and guys around the office and just saying, you know, I want to get more involved back in our day-to-day -day 
you know, construction operations of things. And mm. it, it's not, not because we're not doing a good job, no. but it's because I, I think one of the values that I offered to people who came to work for me was that I would show them how I was doing it, why I was doing it, why I was successful, and so that they could learn that. And I do feel like they learn some of it, but they mm. learn it far slower by just saying, okay, now we have to frame this basement. Go frame the basement. Mm. Instead of I'm showing up on site, walking them through, you know, not not only the basement framing, but this is how the whole project comes together. Mm -hmm. These are the steps. And yes, they know the steps because they transition to them. Mm -hmm. But, you know, the guys might frame the basement and then mm -hmm. they don't show back up for another two months to do the trim work. Right. And so there's a lot of things that happen in between there. So I just feel like if, if I get back on site a little bit more yeah. and I get a chance to kind of talk to them more about hey the, how the projects are working mm -hmm. and why we're doing it this way. And, you know, frame of basement is pretty simple, but this house flip that we are, we're doing. I mean, these, the guys have been, they, they demoed and then they framed and then we framed some more and then we decided to add on. And so we framed the additions and we're doing things that they don't do every day. Right. And then they're patching in siding and then they're putting soffits on and they're just doing stuff that we do. We do. We know how to do it, mm -hmm. but we just don't do it all the time. Yeah. And so there's a speed aspect to it that isn't generated because they're thinking about how mm -hmm. to work through it all. And it's an old house and mm -hmm. we're putting new stuff to the old house. And how this is the one together? that you ended up being a bigger project that you tell yeah. somebody. Yeah. And the people that were got on that project with I'm guessing they backed out. It's not yours. You well, have it. Yeah, they they just we we did all of the cost analysis. And it was just gonna be more than what they wanted to invest finally. Yeah. And but you stuck with that plan. Yeah, and, and, and actually I think it was the better of the two plans. Yeah. Uh, it really fit because I was gonna just try to be a flipper. Right. Just like do I was quick. gonna clean it up and sell it. And then I just it, I can't do that. Yeah. Even even though I was like, this is a this would be faster. I'd make the same price, same amount of money, and I could be out of here in no time. It was it just wasn't worth that. Yeah. It was worth. Now here's a learning opportunity. Mm -hmm. This is a skill development opportunity for for the people that work with me, yeah. for my management staff, for everybody to kind of see like, hey, this is how a flip works from start to finish, especially when you're putting in the kind of money we're putting into mm -hmm. it, and it's different than a remodeling job. It's just different because you have different things to consider. Like if I my customer has a $10,000 budget for drywall and we get a bid for $9,000, win, 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 right? They get $1,000 savings as a customer. We get the work done for under budget. We look good. The contractor gets the work or the subcontractor gets the work and the customer is happy because we budgeted correctly. Well, there's no – I did not create a budget for this flip house in that kind of detail it's mm -hmm. like we want to spend this amount of money and we can't just plan it all out in advance because i'm paying on a note mm -hmm. to carry it so we're going to just kind of keep moving along and we're going to identify our costs as we go we're going to try to plan ahead for some of the costs that we know we can plan ahead for mm -hmm. but then it's oh well we end up having to tear off this whole side of siding because it just looked bad and then the stone facade had to come off mm -hmm. and now we have additional costs that we weren't planning for mm -hmm. so it's just it's not as straightforward as I'm remodeling your kitchen and here are all my right. yeah, steps. Right. Sure. Um, so, so I, back to your original question, which is like, what's my focus? Is it, you know, hiring more people to scale out, kind of scale more. And I, I, I want to grow, yeah. but I want to grow. We want to grow our new construction business. Yeah. Yeah. So 
Um, and that does not require as many people. Right. Because it is very process oriented. Yeah. It's very step Pipeline driven. based too. It's longer, longer. Yeah. It takes longer. Yeah. It takes longer. Well, it takes longer from planning to execution. And then it addresses. I mean, quite honestly, like I think you can build a house about as quickly as you can remodel a main floor on somebody's house okay. that's existing just because they're living there. And yeah. You're kind of, you got to demo and start over. And so, um, so we want to grow, we want to grow more into construction business. Yeah. Um, and you know, we would hire more skilled sure. people to work inside the business, yeah. but they have to be the right people. Yeah. They have to care about the work, yeah. have some experience or just really motivated to mm-hmm. get the experience needed to do well. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, it. it's hard to say this is my only focus. Sure. Because we're still a small business. Yeah. You know, we have less than 20 employees total. Yeah. And those are just the two construction companies. We have a flooring installation and tile installation company that we work for some really great builders in town. Yeah. And, you know, we have subcontracting teams that go out and install tile for oh, us. And yeah. we self-perform some of the tile. And so, you know, they're doing... Guys are probably doing 50 to 100 job, pretty good size jobs a year. Wow. So, you know, the the business as a whole, and we all kind of work together. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, my uh, person who does the accounting and book work, she's doing it for all of the companies. Mm-hmm. And so she's getting to know right. everybody. Oh, yeah. And, you know, project manager on Stinked Homes is managing over in BKS. And, you know, these are all, these are all, what I like about it yeah. is that, that you know, these are all people that can work in anything. That Good we're team. Doing. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And um, so, yeah. So, I mean, they're managing a lot That's of work awesome. in total. It's awesome. Well, I really appreciate your time and coming to this, man. Yeah. Yeah. You want to wrap this up with anything? Yeah. I just, I think the, I think the big thing, uh, yeah, thanks for coming. I, I, I enjoy hearing the intricacies of, how in depth it is. I mean, people don't realize, oh, you flip, I, I, even the couple flips I've done, there's a lot that goes in from start to finish and, and nuts and bolts of it that people just don't know how to wrap their brain around. Everything from financing to strategy to construction, there's a bunch. And so I think it's, I think it's a breath of fresh air to hear about, about it on your side. So that's awesome. Yeah, I really like the idea of um, you basically recruiting people from some I never really thought about, but it makes sense. Recruiting people are just from word of mouth. Yeah. And because yeah. they, people, and talking to people that already have basically worked with you, subcontractors, they know you. Yeah. You do. know them. Well, then you other people know can speak quality. on your behalf too. You don't yeah. get that option when you're re- recruiting online. Well, and someone's not going to, someone like in that scenario, like a subcontractor is working with you, they're not going to recruit you someone they don't think is going to do well. Right. Right. Yeah. You that's know? fair. Because their reputation's on the line. So too. it eliminates yeah. that. It's like a filtering process yeah. without having to filter. Awesome. Well, so, so question for you guys for yeah. you guys, right? Yeah. Totally. So when you look at like hiring, someone to do a service for you. Sure. And I mean, you can use construction as, mm-hmm. you know, since we're in the construction business, what, what are you looking for? You know, what do you say? Hey, this is what I'm setting out to accomplish. Um, clean work site and communication. What's that? <laughs> <laughs> so clean clean work, work site and communication. That's what you need. That's what I need. <laughs> that probably is. Actually. I mean, communication, actually communication is huge. When you were saying that, I was uh, like, it eliminates a lot of things when you communicate well. If yeah. you can, if you're the one pushing the information, there's not there's far less polling of information. Yeah, I never I get frustrated when I have to pull information. A hundred percent. And I even do like I don't like when my kids don't respond to me. I'm like if I'm talking to you, don't ignore me. Yeah. Right. That's, you know yeah. that little thing. You just, just acknowledge what's <laughs> going on. Yeah. And then there's a that that's a theme. Like 
hey, people want to be seen and heard, and we want to be able to reciprocate that back and forth. And it's important, even if you're going to screw up, own it. Hey, this is what's going on. Here's what we're doing next. That communication, like you said, it gives you way more runway. And then also pride in their work. I want to make sure that they're, they're confident and competent and they take pride in their work. Trying to like actually think about how I would, what I really do. And I think I want to be communicated away without me having to initiate the communication mm -hmm. is a big deal. Mm -hmm. And also I want to know that the people I'm hiring, um, they're going to get it done and I don't have to think, I don't have to worry about it. Yes, don't, I don't have think, to think about it. They're not going to ask me a thousand questions. They're just going to run with it. We have to plan in the beginning and they don't have to you go, go back and forth. And you want to work with something. I always want to work with something that I would pass along because I'm a connector by yep. nature. I want to be able to yep. move that person down to the next yep. person that I know, you know, because they're, yeah. they're a good job. As little, uh, this is maybe some bad, as little thought or effort I have to put into it is what I look for. Yeah. And know that they're going to be good. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think that is very different from what we yeah. run into all the time. Yeah. But the reason I ask that question is because it's, how do you mar marketing, marketing and sales, yeah. marketing and sales. Like I've never liked selling. Mm -hmm. Selling is not comfortable to me. Mm -hmm. Being genuine in mm -hmm. what it is that we're doing for you. Like I really care about it. I tried to sell uh, life insurance when I first got out of college. Yeah, yeah. And I just couldn't buy into it. Yeah. Like yeah. I was 24 years old trying to talk to people about someday they're going to die and they should have this plan yeah. in place. Not that it's in value. It's, it's right. valuable. Totally, totally. It wasn't for you. But it's like, how do you buy, how do you buy into what you're doing? Mm -hmm. And, you know, so I, I guess I, I yeah. asked that question because we're looking, you know, I always am looking for ways to understand, well, what, how do people buy into what we're doing? Mm -hmm. And what do they want out of us? And I mean, that's really what we're trying to identify when we meet somebody is how do we help you because it's it's written in the agreement. Like if you call me to remodel something or build something for you or install flooring or whatever it is that we're doing, you're probably going to pay for that service. Mm -hmm. So like that part's already out of the way. Mm -hmm. But like what else yeah. can we do to make sure that you're happy? And um, I like asking that question. To I was people. about to say just asking that question yeah. is probably the most valuable thing. Yeah. Because yeah. Yeah. then you can just – Meet their expectations of yeah. it or exceed them, whatever they want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it is, there's you can't really trick somebody into like feeling that way. No, you kind of have to get it to happen. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. 100%. Through what, the awesome. way you work. So yeah, no. But thanks. usually people will tell you right yeah. what they want. Yeah, yeah. It's usually. funny. You would think that. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes yeah. it's like they tell you what they want, but then there's also the they don't know the things they don't yeah. think yeah. that they need. Right. They don't they know. Want. You yeah. know. I heard really great, and I know you guys want to wrap up, but yeah, I heard a really great, uh, another contractor um, say, you know, I got a budget of $100,000, let's say. Mm -hmm. That's what my budget, I want to do all of this, I want to add on to my house. Mm -hmm. And he said, I've got more positive feedback and actually positive outcome from saying to that person, that is not enough for what you want. Mm -hmm. But you still have other needs. Mm -hmm. So why don't we take that budget and make sure that we're putting it towards something that you do want mm. and we're going to give you what you expect out of it. Mm. Because if I try to take that and stretch Spread it out it. Oh, yeah. to work for this addition that you want, mm -hmm. you're not going to be happy. You're not going to be happy. Mm. And you might have more than what you started with, but it's not going to make you happy. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I always wasn't sure about that. Yeah. Like, how do you talk somebody off of the ledge of this is what I really want, but, you know, really – in my experience, if we just did this instead, we can make it most of it happen for yeah. you. And then 
you can do the rest of that mm-hmm. when you have saves more money mm-hmm. or you know whatever the mm-hmm. whatever the outcome is that they need to have in order to pay for the difference. Mm-hmm. Or my default was always, well, why don't you just hold off and wait? Yeah. And I I can't count the number of times I probably lost business by right. doing that. Yeah. But I liked hearing that from another contractor mm-hmm. saying, mm-hmm. don't turn them away. Yeah. Listen to what they have to say and use your experience to help kind of guide mm-hmm. to something that's better mm-hmm. because better is going to last longer, mm-hmm. especially in what we do. Yeah. Like you do cheap, it's not going to last long. Right. You know, uh, a $1,000 dishwasher, if you use it every single day, like we have four kids, we, we run our dishwasher every day. Yeah. For sure. It's 365 days a year and it's seven years old. So it's like 2,500 times it's been run at least. Mm-hmm. That's 40 cents a, a run. So if someone said to you, hey, <laughs> you don't have to do all those dishes, uh, but if you want to, I'm going to pay you 40 cents. You'd be like, can I just put it in the dishwasher? Yeah. <laughs> 40 cents is nothing. Yeah. It's just a little bit of money. And that's like when you start breaking down projects that way. Mm-hmm. When you start saying, hey, I know this kitchen is $150,000, but what do you get out of it? Mm-hmm. You know, what is the, what is the real cost? Mm-hmm. When you start to break it down over the time that you use it and yeah. the value you get by your family coming together yep. or whatever it is, mm-hmm. you know. And so like that thought of, hey, let's transition it away from we just can't do it. You don't have enough. Come back when you have more. Yeah. Let's look at what we can do mm-hmm. and create that value because that value is actually what they're trying to get out of you, which is how do you make it mm-hmm. work for us? Yeah, totally. So nice. Thanks for yeah, well, this is awesome. Are you? That was great. That was, that was good. Great. Yeah. Really appreciate you coming, man. Yeah, appreciate awesome. your time. Thanks for having me.